0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. The title of this message God gave me two weeks ago is, The Joy of the Lord is Your Strength. The Joy of the Lord is Your Strength. That's the title of this message. It's so important for us to gather. Jesus says, where two or more are gathered. People said to me over the, the course, and it was good, because sometimes you, you need you need adversity to define your theology. And and I realized that people said, well, you know, you can do church online. Well, the truth is you can post a sermon online, you can record worship and broadcast it online. But just that's not necessarily church. In fact, the word church is the, the Greek word ecclesia. Which means the cold out ones. Jesus says, "Where two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst." So there was something about gathering together. You, when you're at home, you can hear a word. You can maybe sing along to the worship. But there's, Jesus says, "I turn up in the gathering. I turn up in the gathering." Psalm one thirty three says this. It says, "How good." And how pleasant, how beautiful it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head of Aaron the high priest running down his beard onto his garments like the dew on Mount Hermon. There the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. See, the devil knows that what God commands, he's stuck with. He doesn't have more power than God. So the last thing he wanted was the church to gather in unity so that God could command the blessing Life forevermore, because he wants death and fear and chaos and anarchy to reign. He wants people afraid of COVID. He wants people afraid of the pestilence by day, the arrow that flies by night. He wants people afraid of the thousand that fall at your right hand and the ten thousand at noonday. But Psalm ninety-one says, "It shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you observe." For the for the righteous God upholds you with His righteous right hand, that He protects you. He goes before you. His angel can camps around you to protect you god makes a distinction so we decided no no it is it is time it is time that we open and so i'd always felt from the holy ghost that on on uh, the 15th birthday august 23 let's just open right up again open right up again i didn't yeah, anyway, so God is good. So come with me in your Bibles to the book of uh, Nehemiah, as uh, Pastor John told me. Uh, he, I mean, he is just a trivia genius. He told me that Nehemiah is the shortest man in the Bible. That's why he was known as Nehemiah. That's a bad joke, isn't it? No one believes that came from John, do they? No. All right, come with me, Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 9. Chapter 8, verse 9. Chap, let me just give you a little bit of background. They've, they've just come out of draconian lockdowns or the same thing as we're reading this. They, for 70 years, not five months, for 70 years, they were carried away captive to Babylon. And they were in Babylon and it was, it was chaos. Israel was destroyed. The temple was uh, overrun, ransacked. The wall of Jerusalem was broken down. The gates were burned with fire. It was just a ruin. But God said that he's going to let the land lie for, uh, for 10 Sabbaths of seven years, 10 tests. And uh, he says, and then they're going to rehab it. And they're going to come back. Nehemiah is, is the, the uh, cupbearer to the king. And he takes on the project of rebuilding Jerusalem, rebuilding the walls, reestablishing the gates, reconstructing the temple. That's what he does. But you'll find that the book of Ezra and the book of Nehemiah go hand in hand because Ezra is the priest. Because how many people know the church is not just about buildings? The church is not just about buildings. Now, we have buildings because you've got to meet somewhere. And because we have a building, we can put a polar ionization unit into the, so we can kill out any, so this can be the safest place to be in San Diego right now. We can do that. We can have great kids church that have the same thing. We, we can have, you know, our, our uh, alliance group meeting. We can have discipleship classes. We can have a foyer and restrooms and all of those. Things. So we need buildings. But but church isn't just a building. It's not just a location. Bu- the church is, is also... The, the spiritual DNA, the praise, the worship—I mean, I was just so impressed with that opening item. How how long they've been preparing? For, for that opener and how excellently they, they delivered. And so Ezra is the priest. And so he's getting all the priests ready because we're about to, we're about to go back to church. We're, we're about to have worship again. We're about to, to start again providing atonement and all the musicians and all the singers and all the instruments, let's get everything tuned so that we can go back not just to a, a built house, a great building, but to an encounter with the living God. And the Bible says in verse 9 that Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest... And the scribe and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he, Ezra, said to them, Go your way. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, when you first read the Scripture, as you first read the law of God, you will find that it it has a disqualifying factor. So thank God for Ezra, the priest, because he is a priest who is rightly dividing the Word of God. The Bible has two parts. It has the Old Testament and the New Testament. It wasn't that God got halfway through and thought, man, this isn't working. I really should have thought this through. I know. I've got a a new idea. no. No. The Old Testament came first because God had to reveal his law. Uh, Wherever Mike Butcher is, I always find Mike Butcher just this wealth of this revelatory information. He says, oh, no wonder God had to give the law because Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And because they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God had to reveal to them so they could discern the difference between good and evil. So he had to give them the law. So the law came, but the problem with the law is that nobody, no human can keep it perfectly. So the law disqualifies because you realize, oh shoot, I cannot produce the perfection of God in myself. Even though I'm made in His image and in His likeness, because I have a sin bias and a sin nature within me, I continually fall short of the glory of God. That's why Jesus had to come. So Jesus came and He was born without a sinful nature, so He fulfilled the law. And then on the cross, the righteous one died on a cross, a place for sinners, because He was making an exchange. So Ezra being a high priest, the, the, the Old Testament, they would, on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, just near Jerusalem, outside of Jerusalem, in a little town called Bethlehem, that where the shepherds met, the shepherds had sheep, had to be close to the city for the sacrifices, and they would sometimes choose a hundred or more sheep, and they would bring them up, and the sheep had to be male, one year old, without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle, they had to bring them up, and the priest would examine them, and then the most pure the most blemish free, the most perfect sheep, they would then bring to the high priest and that would become the Passover lamb. And the priest would lean on the lamb, that perfect little lamb, innocent as it was, and he would confess the sins of the nation of Israel. And the sins would, the weight of the sin would now go on the lamb and the lamb would be slaughtered the lamb would be executed on behalf of the sins of the people. And what God would do is he would make an exchange on that altar. And the exchange would be the the wickedness of Israel would fall on the innocent lamb who would give its life because the, uh, the wages of sin is death. And so it would pay with its life for the atonement. But its perfection would be given to the people. So God would now look at Israel as innocent, pure, and perfect because of that lamb. John the Baptist points doesn't realize it's his cousin Jesus and he says behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world because Jesus on an altar offered himself the Bible says that he was also our high priest that's why he offered himself but he was on the cross the cross was the altar where the one who was without sin remember the 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 Passover lamb had to be examined three times three times. Jesus was examined three times by Caiaphas, the high priest. I find nothing wrong with him. So they sent him to Pilate. Pilate says, this man has done nothing. If this man has done nothing, I find no fault in him. So he sends him to Herod. Herod says, this man has done nothing deserving of death. This man has no fault. And they send him back to, Jesus was examined three times and all three times, no fault, no fault, no fault, no fault, because God keeps the law. God keeps his. And so Jesus now on the cross is the one God says, this is my son, in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son. But Jesus on the cross didn't just take our sin, He became sin. The Bible says He became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God through Him. Come on, how many people right there are just so grateful to Jesus? So grateful to Jesus. that it is? Listen, this is the most liberating thing that ever happened to me. I realize that it's not my performance that get me into heaven. It's Jesus' sacrifice that gets me into heaven. Thank God it doesn't come down to my performance. Thank God it came down to his obedience. His obedience to death, yes, even death on a cross, has made the way for you and I to go to heaven. So I know I'm going to heaven, not because I'm so smart or I'm so holy or I'm so, you know, uh, religious or I'm so... uh, Zealous, or I'm so disciplined, I'm going to heaven because of how perfect Jesus' obedience was. On the cross, He made that exchange. How good is that? How good is that? So so I just want you to know today, when you read the Bible, and we get criticism all the time, uh, Colin, that, you know, at that C3 church, oh, they preach a prosperity gospel. They're like Joel Osteen. Friend, God's got a plan for you. You know, (laughs) We, we get all this flack that, you know, we're in that, we're in that camp where, you know, you got to C3, everybody's good looking. Pastor John's talking about fashion. It's all about fashion. It's all about good looking. And I'm telling you, like, the video, that's video evidence right there that, you know, you don't have to be good looking to come to C3, to come to Awaken, but you better believe that from coming here, it's like, yeah, I'm better looking than I was. It It just happens. It just happens. I'm telling you, it's the truth. I mean, it's just amazing. It's just, it's. Look, Mitch Arcee, stand up. <laughs> Turn around so people can see you. <laughs> look at his beautiful wife. Now, when when she when she married Mitch, she wasn't going to our church yet. And, uh, and I said, why'd you marry? She said, I wanted to marry, you know, a, a DIY, you know, like a, a do-it-yourself project. And now she's like, wow, look at what I'm married. He, I mean, he was a shell of a man when he walked in. None of that's true, by the way. Actually, he was already good looking. That's a bad example. But the Bible says the way of life winds upward for the righteous, brighter and brighter under the perfect day. Let me give you three quick thoughts in the five minutes. Oh, I've ruined this message every single time. I'm going to give you just all three points. Our first point is tap your keg. Number two is life v, life v. law. Life versus law. And then the third one is sing for joy. Sing for joy. So, so number one is, is tap your keg. So, that, so the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. First thing I want you to know is the joy of the Lord. So a lot of people think that you, you can't put joy and Lord in the same sentence. I think you put the wrath of the Lord, the smiting of the Lord, the mighty smiter who smites people. Gabriel, find me someone to smite them. That the God is angry, that, he, you know, he's ticked. He's walking around heaven kicking stuff. There's people down there. Look at him. You know, that's, that's how a lot of people see God. But Ezra is like, no, no, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The people are weeping when they realise they they, they, they have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Ezra's like, hey, 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 guys, today is holy to the Lord. Eat the fat, drink the sweet. Give to those who haven't prepared anything. Give to those who haven't prepared anything. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, our founding fathers said, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Happiness is a pursuit that you, you can kind of spend your whole life chasing. Joy is different. Joy is something that you possess, believe it or not. That's why the first point is tap your keg, which I know is very controversial in church. That's kind of why I chose it. But anyway, so happiness depends on what happiness, what happens in your life. If, you know, my business is doing well, I'm happy. If life's going well, I'm happy. Happy depends on favourable outcomes, favourable circumstances, things going my way, things going right. If, if things are going well, then I'm happy. If things aren't going well, then I'm miserable. But the Bible teaches us that you can live at a much higher plane, that the joy of the Lord can, can be your strength. So Jesus in, in John seven thirty eight says, As the Scripture has said... As the scripture has said, that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Livers, I want you to know that God doesn't give you a a little vial of joy. He doesn't even give you a bottle of joy. He literally gives you the equivalent of a keg that you can tap of just joy that flows out of you. We went to, uh, we, we took all of our core management team to connect at the beginning of the year, to pray and plan for the year. And uh, we went out to Temecula. And Leah's like, we're going to go to Temecula. We normally go to Big Bear. I'm like, ah, Temecula, really? She goes, we're going to stay at a winery. I'm like, ah, we can't go to Napa. I mean, Temecula, really? What? And so anyway, we go there. It was off the chain. Well, we go to this one place. I can't remember which one it was, Bottega or something. We go to some place. And the wine was that good that I'm thinking I'm going to buy a bottle. But if you know Dr. Matt Hubbard, one of my favorite humans on the planet, He never does everything is Hubbard style. And so, so, you know, we're trying to think, do we buy one bottle? Do we buy, you know, three bottles? What do we? And and so Dr. Matt's like, oh dude, I'm gonna buy the keg. (laughs) Like he liked the wine that much, he's gonna buy the entire keg. And so then the young lady who's our hostess makes the huge mistake of telling Dr. Matt, um, oh, you couldn't afford it. So he just turns around to poor old Michaela and goes, Kayla. Go get my credit card. And so, you know, so she goes, it's just crazy. But I, I like the mentality. And the reason I tell that story is because I want you to know that, 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 that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The, God doesn't give you just a little shot glass of joy or a bottle of joy. He gives you a, a river. He gives you a keg. And you got to learn to tap it. Now, in the last two services, I didn't tell them how to, how to tap the keg. So forgive me. So I'm going to tell you. So you can tell them. So <laughs> worship is how you tap the keg. What you sing about, you bring about. The Bible says in Psalm 95 verse 1, it says, Sing for joy to the Lord. Psalm 95 verse 1 in the, in the NIV, the nearly inspired version, uh, says, Sing for joy to the Lord. So, when I, so I don't sing to, I sing for joy. When you sing sing for joy to the Lord, as you sing to the Lord, joy will come into your heart. You you begin to untap that thing. Now, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness depends on what happens, which is temporal, which is circumstantial. Joy is eternal. Joy comes from God. The joy of the Lord. God, God is joyful. Believe it or not, He's happy in heaven. He's not miserable in heaven. He's, he's happy in heaven. He's joyful in heaven. When you receive Christ, you, you receive the Holy Spirit, and then God wants to fill you overflowing with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, number two, joy. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, people that I hated before I got saved, once I got saved, I'm like, well, what's going on? Like, I used to have all this angst and this energy negative to what, and now can't feel sorry for him. I find I should hate, but I no longer hate. I love because it's a fountain on the inside of you. It's a keg on the inside of you. And the more that you worship, the more Christ- Earth is no, no closer to heaven than when we worship. If I was to take you into heaven right now, filled with worship. When the earth is worshiping, no wonder the devil tried to shut down worship. No wonder he tried to stop the church from worshiping because he wants chaos on earth, not, yeah. not heaven on earth. Joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. So the Holy Spirit, now if you ever walk through an orchard, you know what you're not going to hear? If you go through, through, whether it's an apple orchard or an orange orchard or avocado or you, know, you go to a vineyard with grapes, you never hear the vines going, Aah! <laughs> <laughs> Aah! <laughs> you never hear them straining to produce fruit. Now, 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 now the, the vines may be straining. They're not straining to produce fruit. They're straining to find water. The greatest battle for a tree and the greatest battle for a plant in an orchard is not the producing of fruit, but the finding of water. Because all of its life comes from the water. They will even tell you in a vineyard that a man... 2013 is an incredible vintage year for wine because we had one of the most severe droughts. Because of the drought, the roots had to dig down deeper. And because of that, the stress that it put, it made the flavor of the grape. So unique. There's something. See, the great battle is the search for water. The devil is so crafty. He says, hey, 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 you, you, you're looking for water? Go to the strip club. It's open. Oh, you're looking for water? Go to the abortion clinic. You, you're looking for water? Go to the casino. It's. You can go to the, the marijuana dispensary. You can go to the liquor store. Those are open, but you can't go to the house of God. Why is that? Because Psalm 92 says, Blessed are those who are planted. Did you hear the language? Planted. It doesn't say blessed are those who are positioned. It doesn't say blessed are those who are attending. It says, Blessed are those who are planted in the house of the Lord. They shall flourish. Their leaves shall not wither. They bring forth their fruit in season and everything they do, they do shall prosper. Why? Because the house of God is built on the living water of Jesus Christ. And how you get that flow, how you tap that flow is through worship. As you worship, as you sing for joy to the Lord, you'll find it'll begin to flow. Do you know Isaiah 54, God says to a barren woman, he says, Sing, O barren, because more will your children be than her who was with husband. Because what you sing about, you bring about. Don't let the devil steal your song. The, the, the world we live where we live, the devil knows the power of a song in your mouth. Do you know there's only two religions on the planet that worship, that sing. Did you know that they all worship? But in Islam, you bow down and Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. They 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 bow and they chant. Hinduism, Confucianism, Buddhism. There's no singing. The only two that sing are Judaism and Christianity. We sing, we sing. In fact, uh, if you've been on any of our Israel trips and we got one next year, uh, Shraga Ben Yosef, who's in his 80s, who's fought in four wars in Israel. You know, he, he, he said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And he's dancing and jigging. He, every day we get on the, on the bus, the joy of the Lord is my strength, the joy of the Lord. And he would just start that every day. He was just full of the joy of the Lord. And he said, you know, because Israel, they they share, he says, and he, with a lament, says the reason that they're so mean is because they don't sing. He says the reason they're so mean, the Muslims, because they have no worship. They have no worship. And he sees that the worship just, it'll bring something. It'll untap that keg. What you sing about, you bring about. That's why, you know, the devil will make sure you get songs stuck in your head. La, 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 la. Can't get you out of my head. Boy, you're loving is all I think about. I just and so the devil will use like hypnotic rhythms and and you know kind of really cool drum beats and melodies to try and get songs stuck in your head, but because he's trying to he's trying to make sure he knows that what you sing about you bring about. So you'll start singing, I like big butts and I cannot lie. You otherwise... And then all of a sudden you're like, Why am I singing? Oh dear, and and because what you sing about you bring about So what you got what you got to do you got to get to the house of God where you sing the blessing Goes before you for a thousand generations on your family, on your children and their children and their children. You 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 want to sing that this is how I fight my battles. This you want to sing songs of victory. You want to sing songs of breakthrough. The devil is terrified of a worshiper. The devil is terrified. The devil is terrified of that flow from the Holy Ghost. But don't let that devil steal your joy. Don't let the devil steal or rub that flow. Point number two is is law versus life. Law versus life. John 10 10, Jesus said this. He says, The thief cometh to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. If you said, Hey, listen, I really love CSI, I really love CSI. CSI, you know, crime scene investigation is always looking for like fingerprints or some type of DNA. Jesus says, You can recognize. The, the thief, the criminal, by the fingerprints of the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Wherever you see theft, death, and destruction, guess whose fingerprints are on it? So we look around our nation. If you look around our nation, wherever you see death, theft, destruction, Jesus says that's the thief. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. How do you know if you're in the right church, in the right house? It's very simple. When the church is rightly dividing the Word of God, your life should be flourishing. You should flourish because Psalm 92 says, blessed are those who are planted. The Word of God is a Word that is a life-producing Word. The way of life winds upward for the righteous, brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. You'll find that as you lean into the Word of God, the Word of God will bring you to life. Now you're saying, "Whoa, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, what about the law of the Lord? It produces death. You're 100% right. The law of the Lord, even though it has life in it, it does kill. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. But you know what it kills? If you rightly apply it to your life, the law, the Ten Commandments will kill that which kills you. So so the law, the law is brilliant. It is holy, it is righteous, it comes from God. I can't, I can't save myself through it. I need a savior who could fulfill the law and then give me his perfection. But the law says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. I won't get shot if I don't sleep with someone else's bride. There's a good chance no one's gonna shoot me if I just stick with Leanne. So check, box check. Thou shalt not steal. There's a good chance I won't go to prison if I don't steal. Thou shalt not get So these laws, all that they, see we've only got so much energy. You've only got so much fuel in this tank for this life. God has a destination and He knows if you go down this path and down that path, if you chase every flight and fancy and, and every, you know, chase every shimmering neon light and come this way and come that way, that you're going to run out of energy. You're going to, and, you, you, and now you're lost and you don't know where you are and you're going to miss your destination. So God sends these beautiful laws, these beautiful principles to say, hey, that way may look shimmering and shiny and bright, but the end of a way is death. The Bible says there seems a way that is right to a man, but its end leads to death. Don't go down that road. Don't go down that path. Walk the paths of God. Follow Jesus Christ. And you're going to find you've got energy. You're going to find that you've got life. When you're interpreting the Scriptures correctly, you find that there's life, that there's life. It's amazing, even over COVID, with the the draconian lockdowns and destruction of our economy. And I want you to know there really really was and is an agenda and it's a global agenda. January 2021, the World Economic Forum, a meeting in Davos, Switzerland. And the top of their agenda, this is not my words, you can go on their website. Uh, is the uh, global reset. They were hoping, they were banking on all the nations being in basically bankruptcy so they could cancel all the the debts of the nation, start all over again and then create almost like a communist Marxist redistribution of wealth. Now obviously they're the ones coming up with the ideas so they don't live by the laws that we have to abide by. They'll be really rich and we'll just be equally poor. But that was happening in January 21. There was a global agenda in play. And they know that the church stands in the way because our gospel elevates, our gospel liberates. In Acts chapter 3, there's a man paralyzed from birth that they laid at the gate of the temple. They couldn't take Him into the temple because the law forbade Him. The law prohibited Him because nobody with a blemish or a defect was able to enter into the presence of God in the temple. Jesus didn't heal him. Jesus walked past Him for three years of public ministry and 27 years before that. And yet here, He's still there. Because Jesus left him so the disciples, Peter and John, could heal him. Because it was a demonstration and a magnificent baptism of the Gospel. That the law prevented him from entering into all that God had. And when He lifted up His cup and shook it, His little tin cup with some coins in it, they said, silver and gold we do not have. But yesterday we got baptized in the Holy Ghost. What we do have is power and what we have we give unto thee in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk and they peter reached and grabbed his hand at the moment that he grabbed his hand now hour shot into his body his legs strengthened he jumps up walking leaping and praising he got healed body soul spirit he got healed body. Soul. he gets his worship back he's leaping and praising he got his joy back when you leap you leap for joy He was disqualified under the law from entering, but when the gospel power hit him, the gospel brought him into what he was previously disqualified from. I'm not qualified to to lead this life, to have what I have, the marriage that I have, the children I have, the friends that I have, the church that I, I am not qualified but you know what I had an encounter with power the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ hit my life and I'm gonna tell you I enter into I don't enter sheepishly in I enter into all the things of God leaping and walking Amazing glory to God. And I want you to know that is in Acts chapter 3 as a synopsis, as a snapshot of what God wants to do with your life. You may say, I'm not qualified to be wealthy. I'm not qualified to be the head and not the tail above, only not beneath. I'm not qualified to have a great marriage. I'm not qualified. You don't understand. we come from generational divorce. We come from... Gen- I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. There is a power in the gospel. The apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and the salvation under salvation I'm way over time I always know I'm over time when Megan's doing this on the front row and she was doing that five minutes ago now she's saying this whoa Whoa, that's she's got a little whiteboard Um, we have snipers watching would you close your eyes let me pray for you as we come to a close Sunday nights, Awaken parties. Sunday night is now the Wednesday night. Wednesday night's gonna be a power night, Holy Ghost, prayer, ministry. We've got cupcakes in the lobby. But I I want you to get to an Awaken party tonight because we know that life works best in community. Life works best with, first thing God said wasn't good, man, to be alone. You need other people, we need each other. Iron sharpens iron. So we don't want to build a, just a, a place where you attend on a Sunday. We want to build, help you build a community. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow, even though the king threatened to throw them into a fiery furnace. One of them possibly would have bowed, but because there was three of them, when one's knees would come on, hey, don't do it, man! Don't do it, man! Come on, come on, let's do this. Come on, let's stand up for God. Come on, in our generation. Come on. If we're gonna go down, let's go down in a flame of glory. I mean, come on. Three of them stood together. You need other people in your life right now. You know, over the five months with dispensaries open, with liquor stores open, strip clubs open, casinos open, the devil made it so easy to slip away, so easy to backslide, so easy to fall away. And there's absolutely no judgment. In my own life, many, many times, I had to rescue Liam from backsliding. That little rascal. Notice that she's not here. That's why I could say that. Andre knows my pain. He has to rescue Shauna again and again. Come on, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus came to save sinners. I'm glad He came to save sinners because I qualified. He said, I didn't come to call to the righteous. I would have missed out. But I thank God He came to call sinners and i'm like well i've done these things that qualify right and she's like yeah, you're more than qualified son. so if you're away from god far from god and i i've always known in my life when i've sinned because sin leaves a stain it leaves this horrible residue it leaves it kind of puts Bible says in Romans 8 verse 1 that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus' blood washes you and cleanses you from all unrighteousness. John 1 9. 1 John 1 9. So if you're here today and you're far from God or you slipped away from God or you got caught up. Sand and you just want to come back to God. Would you let me pray for you as well? Every head is bad, every eye closed. If that's you today, just raise your hand and I'd love to say a prayer for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you through there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God sees your hand, God sees your hand. I see your hand and God sees your hand. You know, even more than your hand, I just want you to know that God sees your heart. Your hand is saying, hey, my heart is leaning towards God. The Bible says that if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And right now God is drawing near to you. So Father, you saw all of those hands raised. All of those people. Church, can we all say these words out loud while our heads are about, our eyes closed? Let's say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you today. You so love me, you sent Jesus Christ, your only Son, to die on the cross to break the power of sin in my life. Today I am forgiven. I am free, cleansed from all unrighteousness. Devil, get out of my life. I evict you now in Jesus' Name. I am a child of God. God is my Father. I am His child. Heaven is my home in Jesus' Name, Amen.